This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, as we gather here today, I boldly stand in the truth of this revelation that you have been giving to me. Lord, I thank you for the harvest that's already occurred. And I thank you, Lord, for the, the, the report I'm able to give of little girls who are not being attacked, but they're being covered and cared for. Father, I thank you that you provided a great church there in new life to care for them and to, to love them as we even trusted them uh, into the care of Pastor Enoch and the ministry there, uh, Lord, uh, spiritually. I thank you, Lord, that you took care of our congregation here with powerful messages. But Lord, here we are now. And I do believe we're going to reap a harvest this morning from what you have been stirring inside of me. God, you, we don't need man, we need you, but you use man to point towards you. Somehow today, let my words give people a clearer image of who you are in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17 is one of the most familiar passages of Scripture in all of the Bible. Most of you may not know the address, but you know the story and the main characters, as it were, one by the name of David and one by the name of Goliath. You have heard this story your whole life, but what you don't understand is that this passage really goes back beyond this moment. This passage is really dealing with something that came up from the very initial beginning back in the day when the, the serpent came into the garden and he spoke to the woman. When he said, when you take of that fruit, you will be like God. And since that moment, there's been this struggle, there's been this battle, there's been this war going on of how do we make ourselves like God? If we could just somehow be godly in a moment. If just in somehow everything that has weighed us down would fall off of us and we would become partakers of that, that godly nature that, 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 that all of a sudden in one moment we went from, from, from struggling to just total victory. And I'm sure there's somebody in this place who's walking in complete victory and, and maybe you should be preaching this message today, but yet I feel like many of us have yet are still trying to figure out how do I get to where I need to be? And today I want to take this passage from a perspective that will take out, listen to what I'm about to say, the humanism that we unintentionally have implied. 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse number 4, is a powerful story that we teach our children and I think we've had some wrong perspectives about. For three weeks, the Spirit of the living God has been stirring this in me. I've had to search it out. I've studied everything that I can find to study on this topic and, and trying to find the revelation that God was trying to give me on a passage that I have preached my whole life. This is what it says. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. Now notice this. His height was six cubits and a span. 
others is about nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels, about 15 pounds. Now notice this line. I had never noticed this line before. His shield bearer went ahead of him. How many know that after this day, this guy was out of a job? Amen. Now for just a moment, we're going to step into a valley. I love to to go about an hour's drive outside of Jerusalem. You climb up a hill and you sit up on this hill and you can over, literally overlook the valley of Elah. Some of you have been there with me. We go and we overlook the Valley of Elah and you can tell that on one side they excavated and found the remnants of a Philistine uh, encampment that had been there for a period of time. On the other side they found the Israeli encampment and, and so they, we know that in this, this valley, in this small little valley of Elah is where this great battle took place. On one side of the valley, the far side of the valley, stood a man in full battle armor holding a 15-pound spear ahead like it was just simply a toothpick. On the other side, a young man who had spent the last few years tending his father's sheep stood there and he's thinking back to the moments of the time that he had tended the sheep and the moments that he had played the harp for a deranged dictator. The giant stood there having been impaling seasoned warriors since the young man was in diapers. On paper, this fight looked like the biggest mismatch in history. On paper, it appeared that the giant Goliath would easily crush David. Now, here's the problem. We have a wrong perspective on this story. It looks like, woe little us, against great big struggle. But the fight in 1 Samuel chapter 17 is not David versus Goliath. It is rather Goliath versus God. I need you to understand that what we're seeing here is, is, is a misunderstanding. We've been taught to look at it as we somehow are going to achieve a place to where we can overcome and we can beat the great battles of our lives. But what we're really seeing in this moment is a battle that nobody had been able to defeat had arisen, but yet when a man stepped up who knew that the Lord was on his side, that God was going to be the one fighting, and the battle was not between him and that enemy, but it was yet between God and that enemy. Can I? I'm trying to stay on focus, but I've got to tell you, you fought your battle long enough. You thought you had to win long enough. The truth is, God is on your side. God wants to fight for you. God wants to throw his banner over you. God wants to win the war for you. Pastor Don, we didn't come here to be yelled at. Well, you won't make that mistake again. Come on now, amen. You see, this fight is indeed a mismatch. But in this fight, Goliath is the underdog. In fact, he is such an underdog that David has total confidence in his victory and declares in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 46, this is what he declares. I'll need your help with this. He says, this day, watch this now, this day the... 
Woo. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Not you're going down, big boy. I got your number. Not I got I got a rock right here with your name on it. He says, I know how you're going to fall. See, something, my goodness, I feel the Holy come Ghost. On, on. Oh, it almost come up out of me like a tongue. Listen to me. I feel the Holy Spirit. Some of you, have, you need to stop declaring to the enemy that you're going to overcome. And you need to start declaring that Jesus has already overcome. You need to start declaring that the Lord is going to bring the victory. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know, listen to this, that there is a God in Israel. Amen. The Lord's going to do this and everybody's going to know that God is here. Amen. Everybody's going to know who really accomplished this. See, I think the problem is for far too long, we've been trying to take credit for our own success. You see, that makes me judge myself against others. When I judge myself against others in my successes, I must also judge myself against others in my failures. And judgment brings me to the place of the way you judge, so shall you be judged. I feel this this morning, can you tell? You see, once the talking stopped, the fighting started, that is exactly what happened. David threw one rock at Goliath, knocking him unconscious and allowing him then to walk over and kill the giant with a big man's own sword. I keep asking myself, where is the shield bearer? I mean, all you got to do is deflect one rock. I think he is in such awe of the moment that he stands there in complete awe, frozen, because the impossible has just become possible. Now you listen to this preacher for a moment. The struggle that you have fought your whole life, it seems like, it can be defeated by the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You can overcome because, listen to me, this is so important. As a Christian reading today, we have to understand that there's some implications in this passage that our own humanity have hidden from us. We see ourselves too great in this story. What I mean by that is one of the great truths of this passage that is missed. Get this. Write this down. This is important. Write it in the subscript of your Bible if necessary. We miss that this story is a picture of Christ's victory over sin. Amen. That the story of David and Goliath has a greater implication than what we've taken it as. We've taken it as stand your ground, fight your battle, and God will deliver you. But the reality is this is a precursor to the victory. David's victory over Goliath reminds me that the Old Testament is full of types and shadows of what Jesus is going to do for his followers in the New Testament. 
You see, David was the representative or the champion. You have to understand that. The champion, during those days, they would pick a champion. And the champion would fight instead of the whole army. If this champion fell, then they would become subservient to the other army. If the other champion fell, then they would become subservient to this army. So in other words, when David walks onto the battlefield, he is the champion, the representative of all of Israel. If he had fallen, then all of Israel would have had to live under the slavery of the Philistines. Listen to me. I've come to preach to somebody today. If by Goliath falling, something else happened, that the power of the Philistines and the enemy became subservient to the champion of the Israelites. Now why is this important? I told you today it's important because David represents Jesus and Jesus is the champion of all mankind. He took a battlefield we could not win. He walked into a place that had us cowering in defeat. Listen don't you let my voice, my weak voice cause you to back down, but you listen to this preacher today. When you find yourself hiding in the shadows going, I can't fight this battle anymore. You need to realize stop fighting and start calling on the name of the Lord God Almighty because he his name his name is wonderful. His name is mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, I wish somebody help me. His name is Jesus. Help me in this place. His name is Jesus. Pastor, what happened to you in Thailand? The food's got spice in it. Come on now. You see, David's victory was credited to Israel. Because of David's victory, all of Israel rejoiced. All of Israel lived in freedom. Jesus is the champion of the faithful fighting against death and hell. His victory on Golgotha and in a garden tomb. My goodness, his victory that caused there the earth to shake and the stone to roll away became representative of my victory and your victory. What he said is what you cannot do. I can do. Amen. What he said was, I give you hope. Hope for us that as you fight the giant issues of your life. You see, God is larger than the giant issues in your life. Yes. In my life. Knowing this, we have confidence as we try to tackle the giant obstacles of struggle. Struggles with sin. I got that beat, Pastor. Meet me in the altar afterwards. Because none of us have it beat. That's right. Jesus beat it. Amen. The struggles with broken relationships. The struggles with diseases. See, through this lens, when Christians apply the story, we start slaying stones of truth against our giants. And as we stand there with that stone of truth, sending it out against our giant, we've been trained to expect him to fall. But what happens when he won't? 
What do we do? I don't know where this is coming from, but somebody needs to get it of the Holy Spirit. I feel it. We move ourselves into a category of a second-rate Christian because it's okay, it'll fall for them, but it won't fall for me. And the reality is the ground is level at Calvary. We are all equally washed in the blood. Listen, I'm trying to help you get somewhere. What happens as a Christian when you confront a struggle with sin, but the temptation keeps coming back? What happens if it's a Christian when you work to restore a broken relationship, but instead the distance only gets further and the pain goes deeper? What happens as a Christian when you face the giant of being single and all your heart really wants is to be married? What happens as a Christian when you, when you're dealing with being childless and you desire to gather your children into your arms? Battle against battle, struggle against struggle of giants that just won't fall and we feel the pain. What happens when the giants don't fall? Answering this question is extremely important. Because most of us will spend some time as Christians slinging stones at giants that just won't fall. Now stay with me. On one side of the Valley of Elah stands a Philistine army, a nine foot tall giant named Goliath. On the other side, an Israelite army are hiding under the leadership of a king who hides in his tent. And for 40 days, listen to me, 40 days, say that with me, 40 days. Forty days, the same thing over and over again. How many of you have ever had company who irritated you on the first day? The second day, they did it again. The third day, how many of you go pull your spouse aside and say, how long are they going to stay? Why? Because it gets worse and worse In 10 days and 20 days, after 21 days, we formed a habit. We're expecting it when we wake up. And now it's been 40 days. In other words, we've learned to live with it. So many of us have been so taunted by the Goliath of our life that we are living with it. Am I preaching truth today? We're living with it. And day after day has been challenging. And, and, and we want to send forth a champion. We want to be a champion. We want to overcome. But nobody volunteers. Oh, I just feel that. That's where humanity stood. When no one would volunteer until the champion arrived. Perhaps you can relate to the plight of the Israelites. Some kind of giant is standing before you, taunting you, harassing you, and insulting you. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe it's sneaky. And it's comfort that compels you to accept less than you know you're supposed to. Or maybe you're addicted to something and you've repented time after time. Whatever this giant is in your life, I'm preaching to somebody today. Listen to me. Whatever this giant is in your life, day after day, it has been robbing you of your power. It may have been 40 days. It may have been 40 weeks. It may have been 40 years. 
You've tried to stop the taunts, but you feel immobilized. You feel held back. You feel paralyzed. I'm speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to people present. I'm speaking to those who are watching now. I'm speaking to those who are listening on victory. I'm speaking to this. I feel this is such a now word for all of us. Listen to me. The good news is that God has made a way for every, say every, every, every giant to fall. But here's what you've got to understand. I'm going to give you a long note here, but it's important. It starts with believing that even though the giant you're battling might be big, it is not bigger than Jesus. Woo! But pastor, you don't understand. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Just because he took on flesh and became incarnate does not mean he shrunk in size. I know this about him, that my God is so big that the earth is his footstool. And listen to me, the hem of his garment fills the great temple. If the hem, somebody said, oh, his robe fills the temple. No, if I could fill the temple with his robe, then I know how big his robe could be. But it's not the robe that fills the temple. It's just the hem of his garment that fills the temple. His size is beyond compare. His dominion is supreme. He is all that I ever need. He looked death, hell, and the grave right in the eye and said you might think you have won. But he went and he took away the keys and three days later he arose in power to show me the champ. The champion, the champion has won. Oh my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. In fact, he has already defeated the giants of your life. When he came to this earth, he endured hell for you on the cross. He rose from the grave so that you could shake off the prospect of a doomed life. He came to see you free from the giants who rise up against you and hold you paralyzed in fear. And it is my esteemed honor and my esteemed privilege to make this declaration today. Jesus has already overcome the enemy. He has already defeated the enemy. You can win by the blood of the Lamb. You can and overcome through the grace of Jesus Christ. Listen to me today. First Peter chapter five, verse eight tells me something that's so important. Some of you are going, I don't understand why will these giants not fall? Understand this, 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and be sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He may be defeated, but he's still looking to devour. Now, I've got to say this to you. This is important. Some of you will not understand what I'm about to describe. You have not had the joy of your parents saying to you, grab a hoe, we're going to the garden. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? God help you all. We need to have a communal garden around this place. You, a hoe is it's a little tool you use in the garden. One of my earliest memories of life came from the garden. I was not big enough to really have, you know, handle an adult-sized tool, so I'm sure they gave me a kid-sized tool. My brother was there. 
probably taunting me. My mother and my grandmother were there. Now, this is one of my earliest memories of life. I remember the chicken pen, and I remember the garden. And we were in the garden on this day. And all of a sudden, oh my goodness, something happened in the garden. How many remember that old Ray Stevens song about the day the squirrel went berserk? You remember that? My grandmother, normally a very stoic woman, all I can remember is she screamed. Her garden tool, the hoe, went one way. It looked like her skin went the other way, and she went another way. Talk about rapture practice right there. And she went to screaming and running as fast as she could scream. Mom went to screaming and running. And me, the, the youngest member, is left right there. What had happened was, as my grandmother stepped into the row to clean out the weeds, a snake wrapped around her leg. Now, some of you reptile-loving people would have been, oh, a free pet. God bless your souls. That's not the way my grandmother saw it. She screamed. She ran. Now, I'm going to offend some of our viewers and listeners and audience, and you're going to say, listen, remember, I was yet a child. I had no culpability in this. But how many of you understand that when you're in a garden and a snake manifests around your leg and you have a hoe, that it becomes a utensil to remove the head of the serpent? And that's what happened that day. <laughs> Why do I remember that moment? Because from that moment on, I remember what my mother told me. She said, son, stay away from that. It can still bite you. It may be dead, but it can still bite you. You listen to me today. Our enemy is a defeated and dead foe but he is still deadly. If you live in his domain, you will get bit. I'm preaching truth. And you will feel the effects. One of the reasons that the giants of our life will not fall is that we stay in their realm. I'm going to begin to close here in just a moment. This is important. As we prepare for closing today, I want to give you a simple truth. The problem is our humanity wants to tell this story different than what Christ is trying to show us. We see ourselves in the wrong perspective of this story. This is so important. Mike, start moving this way. Move this way. This way. When your giants won't fall, you need to get this, it's because you have the wrong main character. You are not David. Jesus is. You've been seeing yourself as the champion far too long. 
You've been seeing yourself as a champion. Now the truth is, Mike here, he first wandered in a church, particularly this one, he's like, what in the world? He had all these skills and all these talents. Loves basketball, loves kids. But what does Mike like to do? Dancing Mike. I travel places and people are like, you still got that dancing guy? But here's the truth. I can't dance like Mike. But when he begins to dance, he becomes my champion. We have this running silly joke that one day he's going to find some dance I could. He actually he plays along with. He sends me like basic broke down videos on how to start. And, and my and my my goal is like that one day we're going to get up here and then we're going to both go into the robot, you know, and then break it out. It's going to tell you now it's never going to happen. If I'm dancing, you know it's the Holy Ghost. Come on, Amen. But when he dances, it's like my heart dances with him. I wanted you to see a physical revelation of how he can do things I can't do. But yet, vicariously through him, I can celebrate. You should see my feet down there sometimes. It ain't good. All right. It's about as much as you're going to get. Thank you. But if you've been waiting to step on the battlefield and you're seeing yourself as David, that's why the giant's not falling. What you need is a champion who can do what you can't do. What you need is a victor who's already won. Remember that snake story? The Bible said that our champion would crush the head of the serpent. He would do what we can't do. What you need is to realize Jesus is the only hope. Jesus is the only victory. You see, if you've been failing over and over and over and over and over again, and you go, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm preaching to you. Don't give up trying. But the problem is stop trying on your own. And instead of fighting the giant, get on your knees and start pulling heaven into your environment and invite your champion to take the field for you. What you need is Jesus. But pastor, I'm going to beat this. I'm determined I'm going to beat this. Why are you determined to beat something he's already beaten? The victory is ours when we stop trying to succeed ourselves and realize he's already won. I want you to stand with me all across this place today.
I feel the Holy Ghost of the living God in this place. His presence is here. His power is great. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? You face giants that just won't fall. Can I see your hands? It's the majority of us. I believe they're going to start falling. We're entering into a series on this very topic. Lord willing, next week I'm going to show you what helped, kept everyone else from stepping in as a champion. But this is important. This is where you begin. It's where you realize that you've been fighting the battle to win. You want everybody else to see you did what your daddy couldn't do. You accomplished what your family couldn't do. You, you pulled it together. You saved enough money. You did this. You did that. You, you finally got your act together. No, 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 no. Here's what I want people to know. There is a God who is with me. And the only reason my victory has come is because of the Lord. The Lord who is faithful. The Lord who is just. The Lord who does not look down upon me in disdain, but he looks at me and says, I love you just the way you are. Though your sins may make me many, I will wash them white as snow. A God who is faithful and a God who is just. I want you to bow your heads all across this place. Those of you that are online, make a holy moment in the environment that you're in. Those of you who are, who are listening right now, if you need to pull over, pull over. If you need to stop what you're doing, stop what you're doing. But listen to me, God's speaking. This is a message for now. There is a champion. And it is not you. His name is Jesus. Holy Ghost of the living God. And he deserves all the praise. And today he wants to start something in you. That will allow you not to declare, look what ha I have done and look how I have changed. But will allow you to declare that I met the Lord and God has been with me every step of the way. I'm not going to embarrass anybody in this place. But nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. But I want to ask you simply today, if you would say today, Pastor, I understand there's some areas of my life that I need to get uh, uh, surrendered. I've been trying to win, but now I'm going to start believing in the victory that Christ has already given me. Can I see your hand if that's you? Yeah, hands all over this place. God's setting addicts free. God's setting people bound with fear free. God's setting somebody, the nightmares, listen to me, the nightmares are about to stop in the name of Jesus Christ. Shh. Holy Ghost, put those hands down. I stand before you a failed and broken man who can only stand here because I know the champion whose name is Jesus. I have fought the enemy today. I fought physically for the last few days the, 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 the sheer exhaustion. But right now, 
What I have fought does not compare to the battle that he fought. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquity. And by his stripes, you can be healed. I'm going to speak to two people right now, very quickly. One of two different groups, quickly, quickly. One, you have prayed a prayer. You have began this walk, but somewhere you exchanged your faith for him and it became faith in, and you became focused on your failure and it's made you question your faith. And today, you want to realign your faith in Christ. You want to surrender again completely. You're going to stop having faith in your failures. And you're going to start having faith in your champion. Or maybe you're here today. And you say, Pastor, that's me. And I want to respond. Or maybe you're online and you want to respond about simply typing, that's me, that's me. But if that's you, I want to see your hand in this place. You're ready to make things right with God. Literally hands all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God's going to set you free in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, you can put your hands down. All right. One last question. And then we're going to pray. If you're here today and you say, say, Heavenly Father, I have not completely surrendered to the champion of Jesus Christ. You would say to him that today you want to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and you want to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Today is the day for your life to change, either in recommitment or salvation. I didn't embarrass anybody else from the two groups that have raised their hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you if that's you. If you're here today and you say today's the day, you want to surrender your life. You're ready for him to step in as the champion and defeat every sin that has destroyed you. I want to see your hand. Get it up quickly, quickly, quickly. Thank you, 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 thank you. Jesus is good. From children to adults in this room responding right now. I said, Jesus is good. All right, I want us all to, now you put those hands down. If you're, if you're with a family member or someone you know particularly well and you, you feel comfortable, take a hand. If not, I understand in the world we live in, but I want some agreement in this place right now. The Bible says that as we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. Now we're going to make this confession with these and then I'm going to pray for all. I want every voice in this place to pray in a way that honors the champion, the Lord Jesus Christ, as they these confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Come on, pray with me today. Jesus, Jesus. by faith, I now confess that I have lived my life for myself. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, from this moment forward, I accept your love and your grace. Become the Lord of my life. For you are my champion. Heavenly Father, I declare heaven is my home. You are my Father. And Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for the many that have prayed that today. 
for the many online, for those and even in the other campuses that are responding. God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the lives that are being changed. But now I speak the words of the champion. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. Giants are falling. Giants are going to fall because instead of fighting, they're going to step over and let the champion fight for them. Father, I thank you that what once tasted good now does not. What once was an attraction becomes a repulsion. That what once was a, a, an acceptable, a tolerant thing to put up with becomes something they cannot imagine how they could ever live there anymore because the champion has made them whole. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, would you give God a praise like he deserves? Come on, give him a praise like he deserves. Hallelujah. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.